Welcome back, everybody. It's like we never left. The sports machine with Slim is here, but I am very distracted. Extremely distracted this morning. Why, you may ask? Well, I suppose a variety of reasons. One, because Bruins and Celtics both played last night, so it was hard to focus on either one. But that's not really what has me confused or distracted this morning. Saratoga Racetrack is on my mind, people. That's horse racing talk for you people that aren't into it. And the reason why Saratoga Racetrack is on my mind is because I go there every single summer with my brother usually for the opening weekend that kind of kicks off the summer for us. Opening weekend at Saratoga is usually mid to late July. And uh, for people that don't know, Saratoga Racetrack only runs 40 days a year, usually. Running the horses, they go just for 40 days. They do, I think, eight weeks, five days a week now. It used to be six days a week, but now I think they they don't race on Mondays and Tuesdays for the most part. So it's about an eight-week session during the summer where we travel out to Saratoga Springs, New York, about three-and-a-half-hour drive from where I live in uh, Brentwood, New Hampshire, maybe four hours if you pit stop once or twice along the highway. And we go because it is extremely relaxing and because we love to gamble and we like to bet on the horses. They're the most beautiful, ridiculously powerful animals, weighing like 1,500 pounds apiece. And they let these jockeys, these human beings who are about 100 pounds apiece, sit on top of them and direct them where to go. And there's contact. It is dangerous. But nobody really talks about that in the horse racing world because the jockeys just make it look so easy. Well, I wish buying tickets to the Belmont Stakes for this year was as easy. Here's why I'm distracted. Trying to do two things at once. At least I'm having a little bit of success now because 10 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time today was when tickets officially go on sale. Quote-unquote, the pre-sale happens for tickets to the Belmont Stakes, which is the third leg of the Triple Crown. Everybody out there listening, you probably know about the Kentucky Derby. That's for three-year-old horses. The Kentucky Derby is like the championship race to start the year amongst three-year-old horses. The best three-year-olds and only three-year-olds race in the Kentucky Derby. And then the next race, usually two weeks later, is called the Preakness Stakes. And then the third leg of the Triple Crown is the Belmont Stakes. So if you win the Triple Crown, you win the Kentucky Derby, the Preakness Stakes, the Belmont Derby. Well, the Belmont Derby usually is held at Belmont Racetrack in New York. But Belmont Racetrack this year is undergoing some improvements and stuff. So it's going to be closed. It's not open. So for the first time ever, I believe, they're running the Belmont Stakes at Saratoga Racetrack. They're opening up for four days in early June to be able to run the Belmont Stakes there and keep on schedule. So it's a wanted ticket. People like are, are lining up apparently here to be buying this early, and I'm one of these people who right at 10 o'clock before our show kicks off today, I'm trying to get in and see if I can get eight tickets. I want to get eight because we got a group of friends, and I know these things are going to be hot. They're $50 a piece, people. To get into Saratoga usually costs 10 bucks or 8 bucks, depending on the day that you go. Might be 12 on the big days. 
this is 50 for Belmont Stakes, and they want 35 for the day before and like the day after, including fees. Actually, it's $58 a ticket. So I'm sitting here like, oh man, okay, well, whatever. I'm just going to pay it because it's a great time. And I go to hit eight tickets. It won't let me buy them. Sold out. I go to buy four tickets. Won't let me buy them. Sold out. I keep refreshing. Keep trying. No, no. Won't sell. Uh, won't, won't have anything. It's all sold out. Well, maybe it's because I didn't log in to my Ticketmaster account. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why, because through the process, I actually started all over and I tried to log into my account first and went backwards that way. It let me buy four tickets, $234.80 for general admission tickets. My brother Dave, I wonder if you're out there listening to this talk right now. I wonder how quickly these things are going to sell out, dude. I think people are buying these as like a speculative asset where they can potentially um, resell them for a higher price later on. I'm wondering if that's what's going on. Anyway, guess what? I'm going. I'm going to Belmont Stakes Day because uh, I got four tickets. And I'd love to be able to get a couple of extras so that we could give away admission tickets here on the show, the Sports Machine with Slim, which we do every weekday, 10 to 11, for people that don't know. Is this the first time you've ever heard this show? Take a look at your radio dial. WKXL, it's 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester. Take a look at your radio dial, just hit save or whatever you got to do. You just hold down the button and then you know, okay, 10 to 11, I'm going to listen. Today we're going to talk about the Celtics, we're going to talk about the Bruins, we're going to talk about my uh, frustration with buying tickets. There's no way I can talk through this radio show while trying to buy four additional tickets to the Belmont Stakes. Is there? Is there a possible way? I'm clicking on something. It takes me to a map. So I'm clicking on the wrong area. I cannot do two things at any one, uh, at one time anymore. I turned 50 last week, if you're new to the show. And one thing I've said over the last year or two, it's like I just can't do two things at, at once anytime anymore. It's uh, just like if somebody else is talking to me while I'm trying to do something, can't can't do it. My brain does not function the right way anymore. I, I, I guess I, I was scared as this was happening, I, I'm going down, right? I thought, like, I'm starting to get worried. I'm starting to think. <laughs> I almost threw in a political <laughs> comment right there, <laughs> compared myself to the current president. But I'm not going to go that far. And I'm not going to mention any names right now. But no, people that are older have also said to me that, yes, this is part of what happens with getting older. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm looking forward to all the other stuff that happens too. That's going to be a lot of fun. Whatever. We try to stay somewhat uplifting here on the Sports Machine with Slim. And I'm very uplifted about the Bruins this season and the potential for them. We've hit a little bit of a snag. Last night was a tough game against Tampa Bay, man. I'll tell you what. That's a team that's like, you know, they're probably going to have to be dealt with in the playoffs. And I kind of feel like they took it to us a little last night. We did outshoot them. I don't remember what the exact shots on net were totals. I think the Bruins had like 31, and Tampa Bay might have been around 25. And, um, you know, it, it was 2-2 two to two for people that don't know at the end of regulation. There was a big spot during the game where uh, Kucherov got sent in on a wide-open breakaway. And Linus Allmark made the, made the save. And I'm like, yes, you know, that's a big play. Okay. And then the radio announcer came on afterwards and said, I guess the last nine breakaways in games for Kucherov, he's 0 for 9. <laughs> so I was like, oh, well, B- 
big deal that Omar stopped that one. But we'll dive in a little bit more with the Bruins. Thomas Polk should be calling in, former NHL player, always uplifting messages about the Bruins. The Boston Celtics, as I said yesterday, they played last night at Brooklyn. We play again tonight at home against Brooklyn. It's our last game before the All-Star break. And I'm going to tell you what, I think the MVP, NBA uh, MVP talk for Jason Tatum, I think it might get started up. I saw on Twitter Chris Forsberg, who's a uh, writer slash media guy. He's on uh, uh, the the channel here that, that simulcasts the Celtics games. He said as much that, oh, this is going to be the start of Jason Tatum kind of kicking up the all the um, MVP talk. He went for 41 last night, 41 points, 14 rebounds, 5 assists, and man, does he look dominant. This guy, at the end of the game, he took his shirt off. Who's, who's kid? He gave his kid to, uh, gave his jersey to somebody's kid. I forget who it was. This dude is so, so jacked up. And Tatum is like, he's not bodybuilder jacked up. He's like exactly you want for an NBA player to be jacked up. So strong. And I'm telling you, people, him going to the hoop is part of the growing process. In fact, what I saw last night from this Celtics team, we're going to have to see if they do it again tonight. We're trying to post people up. Legit. Like, it's a concerted effort. Obviously, Joe Mazzula is telling the team, this is the way we're going to look to play in the playoffs, and it's the right thing to do. You can't just come up into a game and start trying to post somebody up because you're a little taller than them. Ask folks at the Hampstead Masters Men's Basketball League. They'll tell you. You can't just all of a sudden snap your fingers. You need practice. And last night I saw Drew Holiday go into the post, score. We know Porzingis is scoring in the post. I saw Jalen Brown catch in the post and score. I saw Jason Tatum be catching in the post and scoring. That's the type of stuff... We're going to need to be doing, we want an identity. It's not just shooting threes. You can't be shooting threes. That's Golden State from years past. Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, we ain't them, people. We're not as good as shooters as they were. So, build an identity. In the post, get to the rim if possible. Get to the rim here on the Sports Machine with Slim. Let's see if we can buy some more Saratoga tickets. WKXL Radio, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester. NHTalkRadio.com. We'll be back, and I'll let you know if I was able to secure some more tickets. Saturday, June 8th, 2024. The place to be will be Saratoga Springs, New York. Trust me, people. As we get closer here on the Sports Machine with Slim, uh, May is when the Kentucky Derby comes up, the Preakness, but there's going to be so much talk and expectation around the Belmont Stakes being held in Saratoga Springs, New York this year. I have secured four additional tickets, so we have a total of eight tickets here. And I'm going to have to still get some other folks who can buy a couple. So we have enough for our group and maybe a couple left over for listeners to the show. It's going to be an absolutely great time. Let's uh, dig deeper, though, into the Bruins discussion. I got things started. Our local licensed health insurance and Medicare broker, Thomas Polk, is on the line. Is he not? 
How you doing, Jim? I'm doing great. Thomas, have you ever been to Saratoga Racetrack in New York? I have not. I'm going to tell you, this place is such a great laid-back party. All day long, people are just hanging out. Usually you can bring alcohol into the, the park, and so you have your own for free. You don't have to pay the exorbitant prices inside of the uh, the, the racetrack area. So that's a, that's a big-time positive. You can bring your own food in, too, so people like bring in huge things for, for family gatherings and parties. And it's just an all-day party watching the horse races. And then at night, there's tons of places to go out and just hang out at night. So does that sound like an entertaining place to be? It does sound like a fun place to be. Yeah. Are you, well, I will inform people more as time goes on. And we'll see. Maybe you'll even have interest in joining us out there this summer. It's going to be a heck of a time. What would you think? Did you get a chance to watch the Bruins last night? I watched most of them. I did flip back and forth with the Celts a little bit. No, I did watch it. It was a good game. I mean, it was yeah. tight. You know, I mean, Tampa is a good team. They got their goalie back. I uh, was, was uh, hurt for a while. So, uh, you know, obviously when he's healthy, he's one of the best in the league. And, uh, you know, we just fell a little short there. He's gigantic, this Vasilevsky guy. Now, now, when Tampa has come up short the last couple of years in the playoffs, Thomas, Vasilevsky, was he in net during those, those uh, times too? No, he did play. He did okay. play. But obviously he's had some injuries in the last couple of years. Uh, ever since they won the two cups there back to back. So, you know, that that's a big part of their team. He is a big part of their team. And when he's not healthy, they're definitely struggling. Well, let's rewind a little bit here into my notebook. Bruins, I, I tuned in with 13 minutes left in the first, actually, because I was putting the kids to bed. Nikita Khrushchev, that's when he gets a break in and Omar makes the save. And Jack Edwards says... Mark that one down. So I did. I put it in my notebook, and I'm reading about it now. Last night, Marshan, Brad Marshan, that was his 1,000th game. And uh, the Bruins, as they said a couple of times last night on the telecast, the Bruins have the most points in the NHL since 2010-2011, um, that season when Brad Marshan came onto the team. The Bruins got 1,375. Next closest are the Penguins with 1,318. So from a regular season standpoint, Thomas, the Bruins have been the best team in the NHL over the last, whatever, 13 years, 14 years. Yeah, they've done, they done well. I mean, obviously, they also won a cup with Brad Marchand. I believe it was his rookie year. And then they've been to the cup a couple more times. So, I mean, they're right there. It's a matter of having one or having three. So... They'll, they'll definitely be okay, and hopefully they can have one this year. Well, I keep thinking that, that we got a real chance at it. I think this Jim Montgomery guy, when I ever did my research into him and then did that special on the show a few weeks back, I just said, anybody who scores three goals in the championship game to win the main Black Bears, an NCAA title, uh, you know, you, they won 5-4. to four. This guy scored three goals in the third period. That's who was coaching the Bruins. I just say, he's going to find a way to help us win in the playoffs, Thomas. And uh, the goaltending is going to be a big piece of it. Um, the first two games after the All-Star break, Jeremy Swayman hasn't looked too hot. We got routed in both games. Elmark... We beat um, Vancouver, right, coming back. And now last night, I thought Elmark played pretty great. I, I I don't know. I thought it was a good game, but I did think Tampa outplayed us. What would you think? Yeah, he had a good game. I'm, I'm sure if you let him see the first goal again, that kind of trickled by him there, he'll probably want that one back. But you know what? Those happen. If, if you're a goalie and you give up two or, two or less goals in any game and give yourself and the team a chance to win, you can't really complain there. Uh, we did outshoot them. You know, 38 to 25, which is uh, pretty high. So we should have been able to maybe put one more puck behind them. But, you know, as far as when it goes into the shootout, you can't blame the guy there either. You know, he gave up one out of three. 
you need to score one if you want to win. Well, that's it, and I, and that was what I wanted to ask you about, Thomas. It just it just to my untrained eye when I watch the Bruins in shootouts. We just don't look like we're exhibiting much talent. Like, we're not going fast towards the goalie or cutting, reversing this, that. It's just kind of like a slow drag coming and then try to find the hole. When if you look at the game last night, at the end, the shootout, the Bruins were 0 for 3. And they were kind of easy sops for Vasilevsky. He looks just so huge. Like, it must be so hard to get it by that guy. But with, with Omar, the one he did give in was where the guy was changing direction. And he flips from one side to the other, flips it. And Omar actually had the puck in the glove. But then the body flailing and kind of the follow through with his right hand holding the stick hit the glove and knocked the puck into the net. So it was kind of bad luck that that went in. But why aren't the Bruins better during like th- these shootouts? You know, that's tough to tell. Not always the best goal scorers that are doing well at them. But uh, obviously, Braden Point uh, for Tampa there, if I remember the stat correctly, he's over 46%, yes. which is super, super high. But like you said, Almighty made the save and then block, hit it to his block and put it in his own net. That's a little luck involved there. So that's a tough one. Uh, when you go to our guys shooting, you know, obviously, Dabrowski and Coyle tried to shoot. Uh, better be perfect if you want to beat uh, Vasilevsky there with his size. Pasta went back to like his trying to fake behind the net, not looking at it. It worked in the All-Star game. It worked the shootout before the All-Star game. This time it didn't. Whether Vasilevsky was watching game team or was waiting for it, I don't know. But, uh, you know, it did look a little bit nonchalant on their end. Nonchalant, that's the that's the word. And he's done it a couple other times during the season. I see his statistics. He was at 25%. You mentioned the guy from Tampa. When I saw that, I saw the same numbers. It was right around 45 point something percent, and now it's higher, right? Because he put it in. But I was like, ooh, dude, this guy can score. Well, our best player, Pasternak, he's batting 25% on successes in the shootout. So it's like, I don't know, can't you practice something? You would know better than me. Can't you spend some time every day to be like, hey, these shootouts are actually kind of important. I I need to come up with something special? Or is it just, I don't know, how does that work? (laughs) Oh, I'm sure they practice. I'm sure they do. I mean, when the NHL first implemented it, you know, like, what, 15 years ago, they started doing it. Uh, guys would definitely go out there and start practicing at it more. The other thing there is I think the real good goal scorers like Pasta, and then they have some sort of plan in mind, but I think he's just looking at the goalie and trying to read off of them and kind of goes back and forth. Some days the goalie wins, some days the player wins. But for the most part, the goalies actually do have an advantage there. So much harder to score than for them to actually make the save. So for a guy like Braden Point to have that high of a percentage, it's pretty special. You, oh, you could see it in, in the talent. Just just watching the six guys make their moves, that dude's move was the best one. So, you know, he scored. Now, again, if the same guy on the Bruins had, had made that type of uh, a move, Vasilevsky might have stonewalled him. He just looks so huge to me. That's got to be intimidating when you play against a guy like that and you're just trying to throw things past a brick wall that's not going to move. Yeah, of course. I mean, size for goalies, and we see it throughout the whole league if you look at them. Like on average, they're 6-2. So, for the most part, then you have guys like Omar uh, or Vasilevsky who are like, what, 6-4, six, 6-5. Six, it, it is intimidating. There's not much net to see there. you got to make a move, and hopefully they'll open some holes up. But, you know, he was solid yesterday, and that's why they got the win. But it was a good game overall. Like the Bruins said, well, we had plenty of chances, and, you know, just got to get, get one by him. 
That's it. Well, Marshawn almost did at the end of regulation there. From my from my memory, I think it was right at the end that he. I just kept thinking Thomas he was going to score because it's his thousandth game and he had two assists and it's just like would have been perfect to finish it off with a Brad Marshawn goal. It didn't happen, but both teams had a lot of chances. That's why I thought the goaltending on both sides was pretty great. And sometimes you're going to win, sometimes you're going to lose. But now we've lost three out of four since the All Star break. We got three more games at home. Then we go on the road for six out of seven. So you'd like to see us start to win a couple of these next few at, at home, at least. Yeah, they were probably hoping to get a little more points out of that seven-game home streak. Right. There, right. But at least they got a point yesterday, something to keep a little bit going in the right direction. Not too worried about it. Maybe it's one of those uh, fortunate things for them where, you know, they're not perfect. They are having a couple losses. It's not like last year where everything went perfect all the way till the first round and then the struggle starts. So uh, maybe it's a good sign. I think it could very well be, Thomas, because for me, and I said it after we lost the first game back out of the All-Star break, I think it was to Calgary. I think the road trip will tell us what we need to know about this Bruins team. And I've seen mostly good things that I expect good things out of that road trip. What do you think? Final words here before we cut to commercial. No, they'll be all right. They have a good team, and they'll be just fine. Love to hear it. Thanks for the call, Thomas. Anybody out there, if you need to learn more about health insurance for yourself, for somebody you know who's going uh, turning 65, needs to be on Medicare, small business stuff, Thomas Polk is the person to call, and uh, you can reach him through us here at WKXL Radio, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, nhtalkradio.com, and I'll give you Thomas's phone number when we come back, too, in case you need to call. everybody. Now I've got a sense of accomplishment and relaxation. Hopefully that will be evident in my voice and in my words here over the remaining part of the sports machine with Slim today. In case you're wondering, if you haven't heard before, Thomas Polk, who uh, just was on the line talking about the Bruins as he, he does with us every week, maybe a little bit more often than that actually coming up. He's my health insurance broker, because I've been self-employed for 20 years. I came to WKXL a couple of months ago. Thomas is the man who's helped me with health insurance and life insurance, actually, for my family. And he does a lot of work on the Medicare side of things. He can do individual policies and group policies. He's a broker, so he has access to all the plans out there. And this guy just knows how to listen and then give suggestions. And say, well, hey, it depends what you want to do. Here's this and that. But this dude, if you ask him a question, it's impossible to stump him. 603-399-6687 is his number. 603-399-6687. Maybe it's not impossible to stump him, but you know why I like to deal with him and why I like to give out his number and promote him on the show is because like, he's real. If he didn't know... He would say, oh, well, you know, that's a question here. I, I don't know. I'm going to have to go and research. And if there was something that you wanted to do that maybe wasn't the best decision or something, even if it meant more money for him, he would say, well, I don't think you need to do that. Here's why. Like, he's just got that approach about him. And I like to deal with salespeople that are like that. Like, you don't have to be a salesperson and be pushy. You know what I mean? You, you can just be smart and good at what you do. 
Thomas Polk is good at selling health insurance. He must have been a heck of a hockey player, too, to play in the NHL for five years. Pretty darn good. Um, for people that don't know, looking at the internet, another sense of accomplishment. Price of Bitcoin right now, 51891 $51,900. Remember what I was telling you? Back when it was 43000 a couple weeks ago, I said, it's going to be fireworks, people. The ETF approval, spot Bitcoin ETF approval, have all the big financial companies are running to buy Bitcoin because they need it in order to sell their ETF uh, Bitcoin products to your retirement accounts that you don't even know anything about. But they're now putting it in there. Trust me, that's what's happening. And that's why the price is going up, because supply and demand is a, uh, <laughs> a true thing in determining the price of something. And they need to buy the Bitcoin in order to sell it to you. And that's happening. Love to talk about that stuff. And for people that want to learn more about crypto, tomorrow on WKXL between 4 and 5, an interview with Charles Hoskinson, maybe the biggest star in all of cryptocurrency. I mean, for my money, I mean... That CZ Binance is probably number one, the former CEO of Binance, but now, you know, he's under charges, been arrested, and they're going to have to go to court. So, Sam Bankman Freed, I guess, if you want another guy who's been arrested, <laughs> all that stuff. But how about somebody who hasn't? <laughs> Let's go with Charles Hoskinson. He's got an interview. I interviewed him for 45 minutes, and uh, that'll be on tomorrow between four and five on a WKXL Spotlight episode. The Boston Celtics. Last night, I told you I watched some of that, I watched the Bruins. I'll tell you what, the Celtics 2-1-2 zone defense stinks. It's horrible. And I'm going to take a minute and break down why. If you watch the game, and they, they did it to us two possessions in a row. They actually scored three possessions in a row last night, Brooklyn, in that, that zone D. But two times it was totally our fault. Where you got the two guys up top in a 2-1-2 zone. And the dude that's up top, one of them is guarding the ball. Okay, well... When the, that man at the top of the key on offense for Brooklyn passes to a wing, the dude who was guarding him went over to follow the ball and like almost trap that, that guy with the two people who were at the top of the zone. And then all that happened was the dude for Brooklyn that was on the wing, he just passed it back to the guy that was at top and he was standing there wide open for a three and banged two of them in a row. And I'm sitting watching this like, listen, dude, if you guys spent 15 minutes on the court with me, I would make you such a smarter player than you are. These NBA players, like, they need to get locked in a room with Coach Mack here, Slim from the Sports Machine, and they don't, they don't even understand how much of an impact I'd have on their career. Don't leave the ball, dude. Why would, why would you want to try to double-team the guy in the wing? You're not trying to trap and force a turnover there. You're just blindly going over there. Because, uh, quite honestly, and I'm just leaving there, because you're a moron. I'm not even going to say what players would did it. Stay with the dude at the top. We had somebody else guarding the man that has the ball now. Match up on the zone. Don't just go over to that area and follow the ball like a dog would, like my dog would follow a tennis ball. Stay at home with the guy who's going to be wide open for a three if you leave him. And they did it two times. I'm just like, who's teaching these cats how to play zone? Embarrassing. Just, just like, don't play it anymore, dude. Like, oh, you want to be able to mix things up? Yeah, because Miami does it to us, right? And other teams do it to us when they just want to make us shoot contested three-pointers, as they should. But if you're going to play it like that, just bag it, Missoula. 
Like, like, do I really need to to corner you and tell you you have no clue how to teach zone defense? Don't play that again tonight. I'm going to watch the game, and if they do it again, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to film it, and I'm going to put it on Facebook to embarrass you. That is, you can't just give teams wide open threes. You can talk about statistics and, oh, the Celtics shoot this percentage and other teams shoot that percentage. It's the quality of the three. If you are wide open and somebody throws the ball to you, almost anybody in the NBA is going to be able to just catch, spot up, and shoot. Almost anybody's going to be able to hit that at a 50% clip. Watch them during, during warm-ups. It has to be contested or the step-backs that Tatum likes to do that he shoots like 20% on. Less than that at end of game and end of quarter and end of half situations. That's why uh, he doesn't make shots to reset the Jason Tatum game winner or game tire countdown clock that I have running since December 17th or so when I started keeping track of it. He doesn't make threes at the end of games to win or tie. They brick. (laughs) He waits till the last second, step back, brick. I mean, we're shooting under 20% at end of quarter situations as a team, the Celtics, when we just hold the ball for the last shot of a quarter. Yeah. Fourth quarter, Celts are winning 98-86 on the positive side of things. I wrote this down in my notebook. 98-86. And we had been up by more than this, okay? As I'm watching... The Celts let the lead get down to 7, 102 to 95. And from that moment on, I went, okay, now we're learning. It was going in the post or going to the hoop. Celtics end up winning, 118-110. Just what I wanted to see. Go to the basket during winning time, people. When we're up by 8, 9, 10 points, something like that, with 5, 6, 7 minutes, like you have a stranglehold on the game. You don't need to be shooting threes at that point. You don't need to shoot threes. You need to shoot twos. You need to make baskets. When you're up by 10, if you make if you make a two, you're up by 12. It's an insurmountable lead. If you're up by 10 and you miss the three and the team comes down the other end and they make a three, it's a seven-point game, and all of a sudden that team feels like, oh, man, we just need one or two more stops, one more stop in the basket. Uh, you know, now it's four or five. There's a point in time in the game where you go, we have this physically. Let's take it to them, kick them while they're down, and let's win the game. And that's what I saw from the Celtics last night. I saw a concerted effort to not shoot threes. I'm telling you. Um, I saw also in the fourth quarter O'Shea Brissett playing. That dude's a player. He is just... He is a strong big guy who plays defense fast. And on offense, he moves without the ball. He's a guy I want to see get play, more and more playing time. Like I, I want to see him in the rotation. I'd rather see O'Shea Brissett in the rotation in the playoffs than Sam Hauser. And I think most people would be like, what are you talking about, Slim? Sam Hauser is a defensive liability. Trust me when I say this. Yes, he's a great three-point shooter, and there's a time and place to bring him into a game in the playoffs too. When you're down 15 or down 20. Because <laughs> maybe you can drain a couple and get some momentum coming back. But you're up 15 or up 20. I want O'Shea Brissett out there because he's going to make it tough on the other team to score. This guy needs to be playing more. O'Shea Brissett is the guy. So we get a rematch tonight. Let's see what the Celtics... I'm seeing a text come through here. What is this? From the Pistol. And it's a very good text, Pistol. Ime Udoka could teach them. 
Ime Udoka can teach the Bruin, the Celtics how to play zone. I guarantee you. Guarantee you. Right. He says, keep your junk in your pants, Ime. Oh. Pistol. Pistol. It was your right on point, man. Ime Udoka, he, when he coached the Celtics, man, he got us to the finals, and I felt like he had an impact. And now he's gone to Houston, and he's turning Houston into a competitive team, too. Coaching matters, people. Coaching matters. Trust this. The Sports Machine with Slim on WKXL Radio, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester. You can always listen live on nhtalkradio.com. I got something special in store when we get back. Special, didn't I, people? I promise you, people, something special. When I said it, I had no idea what it was gonna be. <laughs> it's like just leading advertisement to get you to stick around through that commercial. And now you're here, and the pressure is on. So should I talk about? I guess this is the Red Sox reporting day, where like, dude, the baseball's starting up. I. Can't see me talking very much about the Boston Red Sox this week, this month, this year. They don't care about us. I mean, the Bruins' ownership obviously does not care about the fans of the team who've been like loyal for how long? Over a hundred years. These guys, they, they feel like, oh, we gave you some success, and now you got to bear with us for a while. From a business standpoint, I understand that. Okay? These contracts that are being signed by some of these players, insane. Terrible financial decision. Like, when, when the economy hits tough times in the United States, trust me, there's going to be baseball teams that go bankrupt. They'll write that down. This is another slim prediction. There's going to be baseball teams that go bankrupt. They're going to be like, dude, we owe too much money. Like, we're not making as much. Don't you remember in years past when the economy got tough? Like, nobody was going to baseball games. And I'm not talking just in, like, Oakland where they get 4,000 fans or something for games last year. I'm talking about all, all teams for the most part, except the Red Sox. Like, we're, we're struggling to fill their stadiums and maybe even to, like, 50% marks. When the economy gets tough again, this is what's going to happen. And you're going to be stuck with these long-term, wicked, expensive deals paying for players that are probably, like, hurt, injured, retired at that point. Bobby Bonilla to the 10th degree. So I respect the Red Sox ownership's decision to not re-sign Mookie Betts, to not re-sign Xander Bogarts, let some of these other guys go. Justin Turner, just as taken as recently as last year, like, he was good for us. He's a professional hitter. Now we let him just go to Toronto. I believe it was Toronto, and as I said a few weeks ago, I would be preparing to draft him in my fantasy league. I'll tell you that right now. Justin Turner going play with those young kids and be in that stadium. He's probably going to put up some big stats. But, hey, fine, Red Sox ownership. If you don't want to pay some of these guys, you want to go with the young kids, that's fine. You have the right to do that. But I also have the right as a consumer just to, like, not really care. So we're not going to be getting a lot of Red Sox talk on this station, I would imagine. Unless you fans really want it, and you can call anytime you want, 
Um, hold on one second. I'm getting texts. I told people, too, if you're, you're listening to the show out there, you want to send me texts, I'll read them on the air. I like to do it. I'm, I'm a big fan of, of this back-and-forth conversation, whether it's just me doing all the talking. 603-224-1450 is the number. 603-224-1450 if you want to be calling the show. I'd like to uh, read from an article that I pulled up. And this says something to do with the show, I guess. Something to do with the world that we're in. But um, real quick regarding the show, The Sports Machine with Slim, why I want to continue to grow the listenership here is because, of course, I like to be on the radio. But I like people to um, try to think positively. And, yeah, I can get negative sometimes about the Celtics or the Bruins or the Snap. But overall, I'm trying to stay upbeat and, and look on the positive side. I still think the Celtics could win the title. I think the Bruins can win the title. And, I mean, we're going to be here talking about it. It's going to be awesome when they go in the playoff run here in, in May or whatever it is, April, sometime around then. But the potential to engage with the audience and, and for you folks to engage with our advertisers. Like, I also do sales here at the station, so I've got a couple of meetings lined up for today to go out to businesses and talk to these people and say, hey, I'd like for you to come into the family so that, I mean, I believe in your product. I want the people that are listening to the show every day to frequent these businesses, whether it's Thomas Polk, whether it's Adult and Teen Challenge, for people that don't know, they're coming on board as an advertiser, for people that are struggling with any form of, of drug addiction, like this is a facility you want to check out, Adult and Teen Challenge NH. And there's a bunch of other businesses that I'm talking with to say, hey, come on into the fold here, because you know we're going to be doing get-togethers out amongst the public here when the playoffs come, when March Madness, March Madness comes. A lot of good stuff we can accomplish. And the world needs good stuff to be accomplished. I read an article yesterday on Twitter. Not a single child tested proficient in math in 67 Illinois schools. I saw there was something out of 12,000 students, more than 12,000 students, attended Illinois zero proficiency schools. 12,000 students. None of them can like do math. At an average level. And that is a statistic that like, I just can't forget. This is our country. And there's kids that are being brought up that if you can't do math, and a big chunk of those percentage, 12,000, can't, can't read at the right grade level either. If you can't do math, and you can't read and write, like, what are you going to do when you get older? What are the chances for those kids to experience success? I mean, before I started my career as a professional recruiter, I did on my own for 20 years, ran my own business. I was a child care worker for two years out of college. I had college debt. I was working for $6.50 an hour, working 60 hours a week, just hoping for that overtime. Now, this was back when you could actually buy some stuff, but, I mean, I couldn't afford to, to do what I wanted to do in life as a, as a child care worker, unfortunately. That's why I got into another field. But I wanted to try and help kids. That was my main goal when I got out of school. And that's why I coach basketball now as much as I can, coach soccer and these other things. And we're all out there trying to do stuff, aren't you? I mean, if you're listening to the radio right now, you're trying to do your best. I'm sure. It's tough. Everybody's busy. And now we got Valentine's Day today. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Another thing to go 
to the store, spend some money on. It's like, is this a real holiday? Is it not? Do I got to do things for my kids? It's just, there's always more and more stuff that we all have to do. It's not just work. It's after that. And it can get stressful. So I like the opportunity to create create like a community here where people are tuning into the radio and be like, hey, you know, what's he going to talk about? What are we going to do if you want to call in the show to, to put an idea out? Hey, put it out there. We want to get together and go to Saratoga Racetrack in the summer. Like that's what I look forward to. I, that's, that's where going out and getting together for something like that and, and talking about it, the buildup to it on the airwaves, that's – that's something to look forward to. And I know there's tons of negative news out there every single day, whether it's in the sports world or like the stuff I'm just reading here. 12,000 kids in Chicago who can't read and write and do math. But like they're not ever going to learn unless we get people out there who just are more willing to donate their time and to feel like you can help somebody. So... My little thing here, you know, I said, stay, stay tuned. Come back. We're going to have something special. Is just keep the faith out there, people. If, uh, if you're having a rough day, just know that your efforts are being appreciated. Maybe not right in that moment, but if you're going the extra mile, you're doing the extra step to try to make some people happy, it's, it's appreciated. It's making a difference, even if they don't tell you. Just keep at it, and we'll all keep at it together. And then you pick your head up after a certain amount of time and say, hey, what did I accomplish? And that's what it's going to be here at the Sports Machine with Slim. We just continue to build things out on this show and at WKXL Radio and all the other show hosts that are doing stuff, getting new guests, new listeners, growing the audience. And this is a, a pretty much local, independently held radio station. For people that don't know, WKXL Radio has been on the air since like 1946 or something. One of the oldest independently held radio stations in the state of New Hampshire, in New England. And we're just trying to do our part to dig, dig, dig. Let's go and let's build something. And I think the Sports Machine was slim. It's happening. I can feel it's happening every day. And I wanted to thank all of the callers and the listeners because you're helping to make it happen. You, like even what I just talked about, you just listening, sending me a text here or there, the people that call in, like you're helping to make my life better. It's more interesting. It's fun. The time goes by here fast for me. And at night, I love sitting down watching TV and watching my sports, right? And I always did that throughout my entire life, but I didn't do it with a notebook. I just watched, and I put that knowledge into my brain to say, hey, who am I going to bet on? <laughs> who am I going to bet on to win tomorrow night or, or to win the championship in whatever sport I was watching? That's why I would watch the games. But all that information would always lead me to the wrong picks. That's why I always lost my bets. It didn't stop me from making more bets because I just thought I would knew I, I, I could see what was going to happen. I thought things would be different, and I still do. You know, I say, "Hey, the Celtics are going to win the title." Now I'm like, "I don't know." Back and back and forth, are they going to? But just stay positive as much as we can, people. And that's not to say just blindly have faith in the Boston Celtics that we're going to do something different. No, you need to be somewhat critical sometimes with Joe Missoula and let's all watch tonight and see if they know how to play this 2-1-2 zone defense. Watch what I'm saying. If they play zone, just watch. If the dudes that are stopping the guard at the top of the key that usually has the ball down the middle, if that dude passes to a wing, see if the defender who's on him then just goes and chases the ball and leaves this guy wide open. Because if it does, we should get mad. We should get mad because we're not getting paid as much as Joe Mazzula is. 
There we go. The sports machine was slim. It's Wednesday. It's a good day. WKXL Radio, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester. Let's go Celtics, nhtalkradio.com.